Welcome to Australian Hunger, I am your host Ben. On today's show I got an interview with Marty Warren from the melodic death metal band Valtari. Uh, before then I want to briefly go into two notable suits, lawsuits that are occurring right now. Interestingly enough they're both from new metal bands, which perhaps isn't that surprising because they're one of the categories of bands which has remained quite big. Um, some of the bands from the new metal scene from the late 90s, early 2000s. So Slipknot is being sued, and I think they're countersuing as well, by one of their percussionists, Chris Fenn. He's the one with the pointy nose. Apparently he claims... So he claims that the money that they get from merchandise and touring, he thought it was being funneled through one company, so goes to one company and everyone gets dividends. But his allegation is that his bandmates have set up affiliated businesses which sort of, I think, siphon the money and distribute it unevenly. Which seems a bit weird for bandmates to do, because I think the general approach people would feel is that, you know, everything should be out in the open. I don't think he's part of the band any longer. You know, I wouldn't have complained necessarily, because he's one of two percussionists from band, which perhaps doesn't need two percussionists. It already has a drummer. Oh well, that's, that's the way they do things. Or did things, rather. And the four original members of Korn are suing their former drummer because he's apparently breaching an exit contract with the band by attempting to collect undue royalties. Um, both of these stories have been reported on by The Blast. I don't necessarily want to cover these in detail. I don't want to adjudicate who's right or who's wrong. I just want to note that the ideal for a lot of bands would be that they can make it big, or make it big enough that they can support themselves through their music, that they can release albums which make some money, and that they can tour, you know, have a a reasonable portion of the year, and put together a life for themselves based on that. You know, that'd be the aim for a lot of musicians. One of the things that seems to happen a lot is, obviously, there's just general unpleasantness, but also, there is issues with money, (laughs) And it's just it's just really unfortunate because that should be the dream. You've made it, in, at least in the current era, in this very unpleasant climate for bands to actually to make a living. But rather than celebrate that fact and you know enjoy the situation, <laughs> there seems to be inevitable inevitable squabbles and issues between them. And it's really unfortunate. It makes this dream seem not quite as pleasant. So Marty Warren, as I mentioned, New South Wales melodic death metal band Valtari. Uh, his new album, Origin Enigma, is out now. The songs I played during the interview were Your Enemy and Blinded. This is Marty Warren. So I want to go back to the beginning and sort of get a feel of how this project and kind of you came about. When did you start listening to heavy music? Oh, look, I think, Ben, I always liked heavy music. I can't really remember where... It all began, but I suppose probably late 90s, early 2000s, touching on in flames and bands like that, and pretty much haven't looked back since. So what, what are the musical instruments? You play uh, uh, guitar, bass, drums, the whole gamut. When do you start playing them? Uh, look, I, probably when I was about 10 years old, I started on guitar, and, you know, with friends and so on, you just start having a jam and what what have you, and... Nobody played drums, so pretty much I started playing drums as a result. So basically, very close kind of time frame when I was probably about you know, 12, 13 years old, thereabouts, and, and bass and, and things of that nature. They just kind of just came with the, the territory, I believe. So, yeah, 
It's another one. Pretty much all my teenage years, I've just played anything and everything I can get my hands on. And what about what about the vocals? When do they come into it? Uh, uh, oh, I don't even really know where then things just started from. A lot of that just came from the fact that I needed some vocals and I just had a had a red hot crack at it and wasn't so disappointed in it, in the scheme of things. So all right, so you've started playing um, in terms of uh, you know musical instruments in your teenage years. When do you start playing in bands properly? Start kind of making sort of original music? Well, with that, probably when I was about 18 or 19, I grew up with a certain group of, you know, the good mates and so on that I grew up with, and they all played as well. So that was just our thing that we did. And so probably 18, 19, started playing in some, some live shows around around the place and, and uh, yeah, it really grew from there. And we, we probably first started really hitting the, the live scene as such, probably in around... Uh, Oh, we were probably 23 thereabouts and, and had a lot of fun, a lot of good hangovers, a lot of good memories. And, uh, yeah, it's basically been like that ever since. You know, your friendships uh, are still there, but it's just it's finding time and things like that. It always becomes a little bit trickier as you, as you move along in life. But basically, yeah, playing live and really getting into original music has been something that I've, I think I've always kind of tried to do, tried to tinker with and always had the, the old four-track recorder way back when and and moving on towards Pro Tools and things like that. That was just a whole other avenue to explore and that part of that is, of course, trying to write your own music and, yeah. What about Valtari? When did that come about? So Valtari is... I used to play in a band called Kania. Now, Kania was that group of mates I was just describing and we got that name out of a out of a book and Valtari is out of this this same book and at the time we were toing and froing between the two names and of course that's just how it landed so Valtari was always just my go-to I suppose for names and it was always an entity in my mind I, I wrote the music for for Kania as well like between a couple of the other boys as well but Valtari itself probably about 2010 I suppose once I got a, a reasonably decent uh, home studio set up and basically just decided I'd try and give it a bit of a moniker and and basically just took it from there. As enough songs and that were put together and I tried to get it to a point where it sounded uh, digestible, I suppose, then, um, yeah, it basically just took shape then. So Valtari, the entity, is just it's some kind of pseudonym, I suppose you would say, just for, for me. That's just how I see myself as far as writing music. It's just my, my thing. So you'd been involved with that, that group of mates prior to this. Why did you decide to strike it out on your own um, and sort of handle all parts of this particular project? Uh, a lot of that is just simple time. So, for example, I might just have a riff jump into my head, you know, and you'd just be whistling this song that doesn't exist. And quite quite literally, it would just be a matter of I would just do these things and put it all together and within a little while sometimes really short time frames i'd just have a song together and i really didn't it's not it's not that i don't need or want help as such it's not that i've got some kind of inflated ego nothing like that it's just a matter of it's just there and it exists and it's done so basically the atari itself is not so much wanting to strike out alone as it is just simply these creative explosions that kind of occur every so often and and just i'll just run with it and just end up with these songs, and it sounds ridiculous, but I'll listen to these songs that, that I've made, and you know, I'll, I'll listen to it while I'm driving, for example, and it's in my playlists, and that's just basically how it comes about. It's just 
how how it happened. I, I plan on jamming again with the boys. I, I've spoken to uh, only yesterday. I was having a, talking to one of these uh, guitarist mates of mine. He's a fantastic guitarist, and uh, I basically said to him, "I want to get back on the mission," and he's more than down with it. So it's just a matter of that right time, right place. Typical of all good things, you just got to you can't force these things. You just got to wait until everybody's in the right right space in life and just take it. Now, I think your music has been compared a lot to, you know, the sort of progenitors of um, melodic death metal, the Northern European bands in particular. There's all there's also a lot of other stuff that goes into Valtari. But, like, why have you gravitated towards sort of that sound, which has been particularly notable among some of the Northern European bands? You know, I really can't put my finger on what specifically it is about it, but that music, that kind of melodic... Uh, way just the the way it makes me feel i've always just i've listened to music like that like i remember listening to black winner's day uh the first time and i was just blown away by it and things like clayman when that first came out and i I couldn't put my finger on it at the time black winner's day from amorphous uh yeah these these the kind of music that was just it could have come out of argentina for all i knew at that time it it was just there's nothing specific about where it was coming from it's just this kind of music it just yeah i just absolutely love it it's just something that Every time I hear it, I kind of, you know, I just flow with it. It's more flow than it is impact, I suppose. I'd, I'd describe that, and I just, I just gravitate towards that sound, and it's just coincidental or, or not that it just so happens to be from that same area of the world. I think they're quite blessed. I imagine their Saturday nights over there are pretty cool if that's the, if that's the normal. So let's talk a little bit about the the new album. So when did you start writing this? You released the previous one to that in 2014. When did this start to come about? Uh, look, I've probably, I had, I have, you know, a couple of dozen songs, of bits and pieces of songs. There's there's all sorts of just riffs. A lot of it just comes down to uh, finding the right headspace to just sit there and say, I want to start amalgamating songs and start really doing that thing again. I found, I found that you can't really force these things. And just as life gets busy and, and different priorities in life take over, but uh, this one probably took me, there was a couple of months where I said probably in about August I'm gonna I'm gonna start getting all this stuff back together and it's it's mainly all new material and there might have been a very basic foundation of a song that has just been added to and, and sculpted I suppose that um, that kind of took shape so a lot of it just comes down to to motivation and and not trying to force things I suppose like I've got it in my mind now that I'm already like I've already probably done another two or three songs since then and and that they were all written at the beginning of January so. I plan on making a, 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 a lot more, a lot more music very quickly for some reason, and I don't know why, but I'm just in the right headspace for it at the moment, I think. So let's get into that process a little deeper. Like, so in terms of that process, you have some time, um, you're in the right headspace. Like, what, what, are, what are you trying to do? Is there, I don't know, a particular approach you have? Is there a particular... I don't know way you, you you focus on trying to generate ideas or amalgamate them. Like, what, what's that approach look like for you? It can be the strangest ways. Like I can be driving and just quite literally hear a song playing in my head that doesn't exist, and then I've almost got to try and peel that apart. And I've got to I'll try and ace down on a riff. It's no different than if I was listening to somebody else's music and, and trying to work out what the hell's going on, you know. And uh, or it can be I just pick up the guitar and be. Yeah, just I'll just be playing something, 
usually while something's loading or cooking tea or whatever the case may be, there can be the most random reasons and random spikes of, of energy. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's no specific way. Quite often it'll just be I hear a tune and whatever that tune is becomes a core. And it's not always like a chorus or it's not always a specific style of riff. It could just be a very basic kind of riff that starts and then I'll apply a melody over the top and, and it's almost like layering layering a cake, I suppose. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's very hard to kind of put a finger on it because no two songs kind of emerge the same way. It just just happens in a way. But I'd say that the normal way that I'll do it is simply picking up the guitar and making sure I'm playing it, as long as it's right there. So at the moment, I've got a guitar next to my bed, a guitar next to my computer, and a guitar next to my uh, dinner table. So so ultimately, every time, I, every time I'm kind of not doing something specifically or I want to break from work or whatever the case may be, I'll just... Yeah, it's, it's right there and sometimes it emerges sometimes it doesn't sometimes I could be driving to the service station so yeah a, a lot of people sort of obviously talk about sort of a, uh, you know, sort of playing their instrument um, in terms of playing like if you're just playing and trying to figure stuff out like are you drawing on any sort of training or you, is it sort of more organic for you it's very much organic really like I I don't have any specific like a lot of a lot of the uh, the melodic kind of uh, patterns that I use, I imagine that there's a whole myriad of of, of scales and everything else that, are, that go into it. And there's a, there is a science behind it. And that that fellow I was telling you about, that's a really good guitarist. He's a properly trained musician, and he he knocks things out in, in such a way. But I definitely don't. I'll just play things, and if it sounds good, it sounds good. It's almost like you know, I've got. Uh, I, I relate it to cooking. You can be trained in it and still be terrible at it. And similarly, there's some people out there that, yeah, just kind of get it. And I don't know whether or not I do or I don't, but as far as my ears are concerned, I think, yeah, if something sounds good, then I'm happy. Do you ever, ever have any difficulty moving like a piece forward, like progressing it towards sort of a more completed stage? Is that ever any trouble for you? It can be. It can be. When I said I've got all these half-written songs, some of them are quite old, like, and I know that there's something there, and yeah, and and they're just not ready yet. And I don't know what they need. And even as I say this now, I'm thinking of a couple of them, and I think they're going to be really, really cool songs. But when I listen to them, I think that's just it's really, really bad. And I, where that where that bridge is, and what that thing that's missing, and so on, I, I still don't know. And sometimes I think I, I hit the nail on the head, and and I listen to it a week later, and it's terrible. And similarly, I've written a whole song in a day before, so there's there's really no. And I know I don't play the most technical music, and I know it's not a lot of people, uh, a lot of the, the boys and that they'll, they'll stir me up saying that it can be very formulatic and so on and like. But that's okay because I don't generally uh, buy into progressive music as such. You know, it's not something that I don't I don't want to play one riff once and never hear it again. I will repeat myself a couple of times, and that's just the way that things pan out. So yeah, it's a how to finish them. There's no I don't think I own that skill. I just do sometimes say that'll do and just move on to the next in terms of like a uh, a riff that you'll have that's you know not worth anything and a riff that you're keeping and you've gotten a feeling that um will someday come to fruition how do you you feel the difference between those two you know that's that's a that's a good question and again i don't really know what it is that makes a riff stand out for me or 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 be something that's not worthy as such. I've used, I've uh, zombied, as I'll, as I'll ridiculously call it, I've zombied some riffs out of some old songs that are terrible, and 
re- regurgitate it and make it something new. And you know, it's almost recycle, recycle city with some of these styles of riffs. And basically, but then I'll I'll play the original that I've kind of started it off, and it sounds nothing like it. So there's no there's really no value that I put above or below anything else. As long as it's as long as it just feels feels right once it's all together. A lot of it's just how it looks as a as a complete piece. Sometimes if you just listen to one riff by itself, it might be good, and then you listen to it amongst others, and it's just uh, it's too much or it's not enough, and so on.
terms of the vocals, how do they come into the the, the music? Uh, I think, yeah, as I was saying, with just growing up with that, that was just normal vocals. And uh, God knows I can't sing. You know, I'm sure my neighbours would tell you real singing I'm talking, you know, normal singing as such. But metal vocals is just always something I've, uh, I've definitely definitely had a red hot crack at it as i said and just kind of it just comes sometimes and again it's one of them things you can't force it some days i've I've dedicated time and so on like that to do some vocals and i just simply can't do it and have to put the mic down again other days it can just be yeah it's just there so vocals are a funny one for me i find it's something that uh when i'm on i'm on well this is you know again in my mind uh when i'm not there's nothing I can do about it. There's no foods I can eat. There's no things I can drink. I can have a couple of beers or whatever the case is or whatever these other vocalists and that suggest to try. It just doesn't work with me. I can just, yeah. I can't really rely on anything specifically. Vocals are just there. And sometimes they're just, I'm ready to rock and roll, as it were. Mm-hmm. How do you approach the lyrics for your work? Like, is there any topics you're fond of or themes that you like to sort of use? How, how does that work for you? With vocals, uh, with lyrics, I'm, that is probably the most organic thing that I do. I'll quite literally just listen to these songs and listen to them and listen to them, and words will just, like, I sometimes they just, they, I just spew them out in a way, and uh, I just try and make sense of them as I go. I find it quite a cathartic kind of thing, you know, like it's, I don't know, whatever the, whatever's given me, whatever's stressing me out or whatever I'm thinking about, whatever it is that's kind of uh, given me reason to, yeah, whatever I'm thinking about. I feel like I reflect on them sometimes and think, oh, that's dark or that's quite weird and trippy or whatever the case may be. And I really don't know where the hell it comes from. A lot of the time it's just simply opening the valve and, and catching catching whatever you get. It sounds weird, weird and I've got uh, yeah, really no reason for it, but I find it hard to just sit there and write songs. And I watch people do that and I'm quite impressed with it. I'm fascinated by how they're able to do that. But with me the vocals and the lyrics are simply part of the song in the same way if I change a riff that's how I apply vocals and lyrics and it just works sometimes so obviously being uh, you know uh, you do everything um, you know quite broadly skilled but like you you could theoretically do everything in like a cave and like just throw it out into the world or there can be other people involved but not actually doing stuff do any people you know, do you invite people for feedback, their, their oh, thoughts on the music? Definitely, Ben. My my brothers, like I've got three brothers and and they're both my biggest fans and my most horrific critics. Like to this day, only only this morning I was talking to one of them and he's, he's telling me all about how, what he thinks of, of Oblivion and how the mix could have been this and that. And it's like, it's amazing just how valuable that is. And I've got good mates that are, that are just as valuable. I absolutely value feedback. I'm, I'm definitely not one that just simply says, uh, I don't sit on my, my high horse, as it were. I'm very much able to take criticism and really try and digest it because I don't write music for other people, if you know what I mean. Like, it's not that I'm trying to please anyone specifically, but if they've got valid, like, nah, that sounds... They might have something, I don't know, but I'll always listen. I'll, I'll always listen and I'm always, I always value constructive feedback from anyone. Like I'll, I'll read YouTube comments and that and I'll, I will consider these things. Like it's not that, yeah, this is what I do because I love it, not because uh, I think I'm, I'm good at it, if you know what I'm saying. Like it's not, I enjoy making music and if other people like it, awesome. Uh, if they don't, I'd love to know why, if, if this is something that I can 
that's going to help me be a better version of me, then I think it's excellent. I think all of us should think along them lines, like we should all try and be the best versions of ourselves. I think sometimes that information comes from other people, if you're willing to hear it. So you, you sort of, um, the tracks are either there or some level of fruition. How are you sort of sorting them into kind of a track listing that makes sense? <laughs> I've got one brother, David. He is uh, probably the most picky with this, and he's very good at, talks about flow, and he's got his, his, his uh, picture of albums, and he's like he's notorious. He's been like this for, for his, my whole life. He's very. He'll listen to an album from start to finish, and that's how he listens to all music. He doesn't. He thinks that musicians and, and artists make these things to be heard in a certain way, and and that's how he'll do it. Like he'll 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 lose his stuff if I skip a song halfway, for example. So as far as getting track lists and finding out how an album should flow and where things should go, I always look to his opinion. I value that opinion very highly when it comes to that kind of stuff. But again, with me, I hit play. I like the way that different songs sound against each other. Sometimes you need a bit of a rest if it's a little bit too full on. Sometimes you need a bit of a pep up if you've had a bit of a bit of a slow one or whatever the case is. But I think that in itself is a skill set that is is as tricky as playing an instrument. I think that that production, like being a producer side of things, like trying to produce the best version of, of what you've got. Speaking of that, like, so uh, as we, I've sort of emphasised throughout this, you know, our chat, is you do everything, which is, you know, really impressive. I, th- I think it's a skill more and more people have these days. Where would you sort of hone that uh, to be able to apply it to this this man? Uh I think it's something I always wanted to do. So I'd be sitting behind the drums and I'd be chugging away and uh, I'd see or I'd hear a certain riff that you know, I'd written or I'd written with somebody or just or whatever the case is. And I'd, I'd see and I'd be like, nah, man, try it like this. And then I'd try and swap and I'd be like, dude, can you just do this on the drums for a little while? And it doesn't kind of work. So basically when uh, – and, and knowing that the, the technology was there and knowing that I had the opportunity – uh, to kind of do it and I had, had space to do it. All of these things just kind of fell together perfectly as one. So really it was just a matter of, well, put your money where your mouth is and if you think this riff could have been done differently and things of that nature. And, of course, then it just kind of emerged that, uh, yeah, it's right there. And as you said, it's so much it's so much easier nowadays than what it was. And I don't think you need a lot. Of, it's not a, It doesn't cost a great deal of money. It's like anything. Everything costs, like, depending on what you want to do. But, uh, yeah, the one-man band scenario isn't something that, yeah, I didn't set out to start a one-man band, as as it were. I just very much, it's just there, and it's cool fun. It's what I do for fun. So I don't really drink that much. I don't, yeah, you know, I don't have that much uh, passion for anything but music. I suppose so. It's that's what I do. So why did you choose the particular title, Origin Enigma? Uh I don't really know. There's no specific backstory to where Origin Enigma comes from. I just, uh, I just, I like the entity, like where, like the idea, the concept of complete mystery, like where and why. It's just such a deep thing that I think is is massively, massively uh, considered in so much art and, and so on that it's just one of these things that I just think is really, really cool that where's this come from i don't know and it's almost like it's almost like describing what the hell this thing is and i don't know it's just this is a a 10 songs and i don't know where it's come from but i i dig it and i hope hope others do and yeah really just run like that so it's almost like i was saying almost like that organic kind of response to lyrics being part of the music the album name is just a manifestation in the same way 
that's just it emerged as part of the album it is just part yeah now i noticed you know uh, this is some kind of unique thing but it was something that sort of caught my interest because you were talking about it on your facebook page um the the physical copies of the album and your previous ones how difficult how difficult is that to get together as an independent artist Oh, look, it's, it's really hard, Ben. At the, at the end of the day, it's like anything. Money is the great bane of all of our existence. I wish a lot of people were into me for Hunter's Pride to get printed. I got a very limited run done purely because the cost of making CDs is pretty high. And I was never in it to make money whatsoever, but I just didn't want it to cost anything too much. You know, like As far as the digital downloads, of course, once all that's done on iTunes and Bandcamp and things, that's that's awesome. And you make a few dollars and you, I buy some new toys for my setup at home and it's really cool little setup uh how that works but physical copies they're pretty pricey i've had a a fair a fair uh demand which is really good so i'm going to get hunter's pride reprinted i'm waiting for it now so that one yeah it's it's just physical was never something i wanted to do because it's hard to you post it out and everything and a distro label would be perfect i never realized how much i wanted one until of course i've got to go backwards and forwards to the post office so much and and that but yeah, the physical copies, they're there now, they're available, and I've got a pretty good relationship now with the uh, the post office lady. She does, she shakes head when she sees me, so it's not going to be fun for either of us, but we get it done. So, you, we've sort of gone through this, I feel, but like, what what drives you to create? Like, what, what is it about the creation of music that kind of is enjoyable, fulfilling for you? I would say, Ben, absolutely everything. I love nothing more than kind of the idea of making something from nothing. The concept of that in itself is quite quite odd. Like, you can't create something from nothing is, is something that I've heard before in the past. I'm like, well, you can. There was Music is exactly that. It is something where it's so deep. I find, I listen to some songs and just think that is amazing. It doesn't matter how bad things are. It doesn't matter how good things are. You know, just being able to plant your feet and at the same time be a thousand miles away. So that that really drives me. It drives me. I like the idea of being able to to experience that kind of thing. I love music to a point where like I listen to it all the time, you know. Some of my what's in my rotation at the moment, I think I've got well actually I'm listening to a bit of dissection at the moment. That's a they're a really good band. I love them too. And uh, yeah, so my motivation, my family my world i just think that it's something that's really i think it's healthy to listen to music i think it's healthy to be able to make it if you can and, and not you know experience music i suppose more than just simply listen to it mm. and you don't pay to do that you know like anybody anybody can experience music everybody's got good memories and bad memories i think attached to sounds as well as they do any other thing kind of thing so it's uh yeah it's really cool so just drive the, the entire entity drives it music in itself it's just really cool which of the instruments do you play? Which is your favourite and why? Oh, man. Honestly, that's like asking asking a parent to pick a favourite child, I think. That's how I kind of look at it, depending on depending on what what's going on. Sometimes drums are the best. Like when you like angst, that kind of sensation where you just wail the hell out of it. Like it's so much fun. I love I love that. But at the same time, guitar is guitars like always accessible. doesn't matter. It can be two in the morning and I'll just pick up my guitar and yeah, as long as I'm not plugging it in and annoying everyone that's uh that's something that can could go down so really I'd say if I had to pick one I'd, I'd say guitar but it'd be very very closely followed by drums 
And last question, and I know it's kind of a difficult one. Um, do you have any favourite bands or albums? Oof. So, as I answer this today, I'd say uh, Storm of the Lights, Bane by Dissection. It's an awesome album. Uh, what else did I say? In Flames, Colony. That was still, that was my staple. That was, that was like my, uh, I can't remember not listening to that. That's a brilliant album. Uh, Amorphous, everything by Amorphous, pretty much. They're just magnificent. Love them. And yeah, mm. you know what? If you ask me next week, I'd have a whole. I'd have three more. Like it's just <laughs> yeah, a hard one to pin down.
Blinded. Before that, we heard Your Enemy by Valtari from the album Orange and Enigma. Thanks again to Marty Warren for chatting to me. Before I go, I want to leave you with a recommendation. Fallujah recently released their album Undying Light. Now, I have a weird relationship with Fallujah in that I'm a big fan of their 2014 album, The Flesh Prevails. But I don't really care that much about their previous material. They released an EP, two EPs, they released an album before that. And I'm not such a big fan of Dreamless. I feel like it has a bit too much groove. So Undying Light comes out after their longtime vocalist Alex Hoffman left the band. Um, he was not only their vocalist, he also composed some atmospheric electronics, which really brought something important to their music. Now, when I first had contact with Undying Light, it was through their first single they released, Ultraviolet, and it really did inspire me. It actually made me quite pessimistic about the album. But there are better, much better examples when you kind of look at the full album, so I'm not going to focus on that one. The album sort of sounds basically like, like you would expect to. It's They've partly adapted to the change, the and it feels like they've got slightly different emphases, the... The guitar phrasing, their sort of signature guitar phrasing is present, but uh, they've, they've slowly changed since that key album for me, and I feel like it, it's kind of a bit obnoxious to say, oh, well, it's not like that album which I prefer because that band should change, but I'm, that's how I see it. I, I can't really do anything about that. You know, I'm not against bands changing. Some of the best albums are released by bands changing, but I don't feel like they've made changes for the best. That's not to say it's a bad album, and that's why I was recommending it. So let me go through a couple of other things that I like about it. The vocalist that they've got to replace, Alex Hoffman, not a big fan. His screams don't really seem to add much to the music. Where he's not screaming, where he's uh, sort of... Uh, talking, softly, softly singing, he's shouting. Uh, I feel like that adds something, but more than often, I kind of feel like I would prefer listening to the instrumental of this track. Not because he's bad, he's he's proficient, but because the vocals don't necessarily suit and don't feel like they're adding anything to it. The atmospheric electronics, as I mentioned, are an absence, but, but I feel like it has that core, which I always really enjoyed about Fallujah. It, it's not quite as intense. It, it kind of lacks fullness, which is probably because of the absence of that atmosphere that's added to it. But I feel like there's still a solid thing, which, which really attracted me originally to the band. Not quite in the same way. And some way I feel like they've made some progress. In some way I feel like there's things, particularly some of the down time in the album, I feel like... It might be more interesting. I would really hope that they kind of take this album and kind of push it to the next level. See, like, the band has to... The band has changed, obviously. But where can it go to make it a really impressive work, to harness those things that are great about them and kind of push them and, and, you know, tweak things that I really think could... um, yeah, make make something really special, really special. I'd recommend listening to Undying Light and The Flesh Prevails, you know, which I actually want to kind of listen to now, to be honest. <laughs> Some of the songs are playing in my head. If you want to hit me up on social media, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at OzHunger, A-U-S Hunger. You can send me an email, australianhunger at gmail.com. If you're interested in an interview, comments, questions, any of those sorts of things. But um got a really exciting episode coming out later this week. I talked with a podcast, which I've mentioned on here, called Besogam. Uh, we had a long, long chat. But that, later in the week. Bye. <laughs>